So, so. You, just I just want to ask one one quick question. So you, last time you mentioned that you came to creation, right? Oh, so, many times. Right yeah. as a, as a student. So what? And as an intern youth pastor the next year. Okay. I was an intern youth pastor for a summer. When I went home. This was before I worked at the church in Florida. I came home to Virginia, and I I was a sophomore in college, <laughs> right? and they gave me a high school youth group. I, I'm to two bring the years yeah, from yeah, these yeah, kids, yeah. and we we were in a tent. This field is empty this year. I mean, yeah. we were so far away. I, it was like two mile hike to the stage, <laughs> right. and but none of the kids died. So we took that as that's a, a win. That's I mean, a, that a win. that's a win. So do you have a, do you have a, like like a favorite memory, a favorite creation memory, either either as a youth pastor or a student or playing um man probably my favorite memory was the very first one where we stood this was before they would close the field i think that's a new thing but they yeah, used yeah, to yeah. be open all day yep. and so my drummer jason and i we had just started our band this is the summer after freshman year of college and we we legitimately stood at the gate in front of the stage from 10 a.m until after the supertones headlined at you know until 11 p.m and uh, it was awesome. It was horrible and awesome. Yeah, anyone who listens to this recording would not will miss the smile that was on your face as you were just like remembering oh, that. Yeah. That's so awesome to, to see it. Thanks for. Thanks I for think sharing. we had sun poisoning and dehydration. <laughs> it was awesome. Do you have an idea what year that was? I mean, was that Supertones Strike can, Back year? Because no, you no, say no. Supertones, it's it was Chase the Sun. Chase the Sun. Chase the Sun. Yes. They had better. jumpsuits on and. Big Afro wigs. Uh, That's fantastic. Yeah, it, that's it, it a good visual. Fantastic. I'm I'm trying to think when that would have been. Um, 2000. Yeah, creation 2000. So, 21 years ago. 22 years ago. That's crazy. So, give us a little sneak peek into that process of. Like the details between forming the band and getting signed. Is it something that. You didn't have any idea it would go there. Is it something where God just laid it out, or you had to like knock on every door? Like I'm always fascinated about the idea of how musicians get to, you know, to to kind of have that platform. Like, was was it a constant struggle? What was it? We had zero intention on ever being signed. In fact, we were priding ourselves that we'd be an independent band until we got real jobs, and. <laughs> We just kept getting asked to do conferences. We kept, it was all word of mouth. And we just, we just kept saying yes. And then one youth pastor would tell another, hey, I got this band that'll show up and they've got their own sound system. And it just grew and grew and grew. And they're like, wait, I can get you for a thousand bucks and you'll run the sound for the camp? You're in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you pay us some bologna sandwiches. You know, we, and all the money we, t we made for the first four years, we put in a band account and it would pay for our next record that we would self-record. And so for probably seven years, I never got paid by the band. I, I was dirt poor. I mean, I remember we would stop at Starbucks driving somewhere, and our drummer had gotten married, and he, like, couldn't afford a small cup of coffee. I mean, it was crazy. Um, but it's funny because it doesn't feel like suffering when you love it, you know? Oh, just like, like, let's do it, you know? So, and then... Essentially, what, what I guess the moment, because you're always trying to figure out what was the moment, and it, there was never one moment, right? It's like a series of things. Like I could say the moment was when I got thrown out of a car when I was in high school, and I broke my, not by the mob, the car flipped and I was ejected, but I, I broke my face, I broke my back, 
Um, I flatlined five times on the way to the hospital. Oh, no yeah. Um, the third time I flatlined, I was transported into heaven, and I saw Jesus face to face. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Uh, <gasps> but the flat, the, the flat line, wow. I know, how, I could be. How a, many people were just like, no, nah, he's lying? How many were like, <laughs> hook, line, and sinker on I that story? I bought it the <laughs> whole <laughs> way. I could be like, a New York Times bestseller if I held to that story oh, right now. Um, yikes. <laughs> no, I, so I, but I asked my parents for a guitar as I was healing, you know, so I could say that was the moment, right? Um, but the moment that I got involved in the industry was we did a hurricane relief show down in South Florida, and a guy named Philip LaRue, who is in a, a duo, you guys wouldn't, I don't know if oh, you yeah. remember LaRue, but yeah. Nat, so it's funny because uh, Natalie is now one of my wife's best friends, but Philip played the show with us, and our road manager walked up to Philip, so when are you going to take us to Nashville? And we would have died if we knew he said that to him. Um, but I started going up to Nashville and writing with some guys, and it turned out that I was I was not really great yet at writing songs by myself, but I was pretty good at writing songs for other people. And so we wrote a lot of like really cool songs, and then different labels started getting interested. Blah 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 blah. But side note: after surviving that, you probably could have asked anything of your parents, and they would have got you like a cruise ship, right? And you went guitar. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know my parents very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he was a little suspicious on the mob comment too. He was like, uh, "We don't know about that." Yeah. <laughs> there. You, okay. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, um, look, watch this real quick. How many of you guys out here, youth leaders, would say the last couple of years have been pretty rough? Oh, ministry-wise, right? Yeah, horrible. All right. So, can you talk about? You just talk about that for you. Uh, the last couple of years, what's that? What's that looked like? What struggles have you you've encountered? Um, yeah. Okay, so let me put it this way. I was playing at a friend's church in Scottsdale a couple months ago. And a little thing. And little church, maybe 100 people. And I did it because I, I was friends with the guy. I was like, I'll come out. It'll be great. And the morning of the service, the worship team is fretting. They're just anxious. Like, ah. Oh. We didn't practice enough. We wish that we could blah, blah, blah. I said, guys, why or how is it honoring to the gospel that says God loves you in spite of your performance? In fact, counter to your performance. Like he doesn't love you unconditionally. He loves you counter conditionally. You actually give him all the reasons to walk away and he still keeps coming. And yet you're going to get up and lead worship fretful and anxious and full of anxiety. I go, that's like oxymoronic. That's, that, like, that's paradoxical. Let's actually believe this thing. And I know it's been hard because like I had to let, I mean, my band retired on me right before COVID and then our farewell tour was our canceled by COVID tour. I mean, I lost in a blink of an eye, I lost everything. And it was the most beautiful time in my walk with Jesus because I got to finally answer the question, do I think God loves me because I'm producing or do I think God actually loves me because he loves me? And I couldn't have answered that question unless everything got taken away. And so I know this hurts. It's a severe mercy. 
right? It's like a surgeon cutting you open to heal you. But I really believe that God allowed these last two years so that his children could answer the question, God actually loves me in spite of, if I never do another thing for me, for him. That was God, yeah. <laughs> He's weighing in. So you want to switch? Control. It's, it's, it's so ironic I wrote this song, Control. Just years, just a few years before everything would get taken away. And control says, God, you don't need me, but you want me. And I think a lot of us, we only feel lovely to God when he's using us. And that's dangerous. Because then we start to believe this lie that our loveliness to him is rising and falling dependent on how much we're doing and producing, on how many kids are coming to the youth group, on how much tithe we're receiving as a church. Like vocational ministry is so tough because you have to separate this performance from theology, which says, no, God doesn't love you because you're useful. He uses you because he loves you. Like even your being used by God is a gift from him, right? And that's tough. I'm, I'm having to relearn that in the last two years, that you know what? Mike Donahue, probably never going to be as successful as 10th. Probably never going to have, maybe, I don't know. So far, it's gone terribly. Like, comparatively, if I compare it to 10th Avenue North, people are like, why don't you keep calling yourself 10th Avenue North? I said, because my bandmates retired, and they said, you can keep calling yourself 10th Avenue North. That's what makes sense. Like, build the brand, build the church, build the thing. And I said, but you guys are all retiring, right? Yeah. Do you want me to go out and call myself 10th Avenue North? They're like, well, no. I said, so that would be dishonoring to you guys for me to keep calling myself that just because, just because I can keep the brand going. And I was like, I would rather have less fans and less money and honor you guys after all we've been through than to just keep it easy, you know? So... I don't know if that's helpful in a church setting, but I do think we need to really be careful. And I challenge my church. I go to a church right now that's like building a brand. And I'm always like trying to poke the bear and go, guys, we're here to disciple each other. We're not here to build a brand, you know. So. That's, that's good. I, I just can feel that everybody's just kind of heard that. That's, good. that's really good. Um, the, uh, so the temptation is to kind of just kind of ask one quick question, like how can we pray for you? But I'd love to turn it maybe a little lighter, um, and just kind of a, a kind of a fun or funny or crazy moment. Like your, your kind of favorite crazy moment from doing this. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you the first thing that came in my head when you said that. Uh, we were doing a festival at King's Dominion. Anybody ever been there oh, in Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we are there. It was us, Lecrae, and Jeremy Camp. And we were playing before Lecrae and Jeremy Camp. And it was horribly hot. We start our set. And my, my, my wife had just bought me these H&M pants, okay? And I don't usually shop at H&M. And they were, like, cuffed. They weren't really my style. I kind of felt uncomfortable in them, whatever. I was like, but she like, no, they look good on you. I was like, hi, what? So I'm wearing these, like, sort of weird khaki pants. Got no stretch, okay? So we're out there I love singing. where this is going. We're out there I'm swinging. <laughs> I'm already soaked through these pants. I'm like, this was, I already tell it because it was 90-something degrees. We're in the sun. I'm like, this was already a bad idea. 
So I do my thing where I jump down off stage, and I'm giving people high fives, and I'm, like, trying to get the crowd going. And I come back, and I jump back up on stage, and I hear, <laughs> and I grab my guitar for the next song, and I look down, and my pants have ripped from waistband to waist, because they, they didn't have a fly. They were, like, the slip-on pants. From waistband to waistband, just, I go, oh, it's much cooler all of a sudden, you know? And I looked down, I go, and we're only halfway through the set, and I'm going, what am I going to do? And at that moment, a storm appeared from nowhere, and the mercy of God dumped an ocean on everyone, and lightning, everyone had to leave in the middle of our set, and I just went, thank you, you know? True story. Oh my goodness, that is... These pants are pretty awesome. stretchy. We should be good tonight. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, and I appreciate you sharing that. That is so great. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have... Stretchy yeah. pants. <laughs> you guys see Nacho Libre, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ignacio, you're close. They look expensive. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yes. <laughs> my clothes have the appearance of riches, but underneath the clothes we find a man, and underneath the man we find these... Nucleus. Do you remember that? No? Yeah, these are youth ministry people. They for yeah, sure have shown that Nacho to their youth Libre, group. Right? <laughs> it's like required viewing. No, no, the show was ended. It was over. The show yeah. did not no one Lecrae didn't play, Jeremy didn't play, it was over. It was I mean it 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 poured rain like a like a flood and then they put everyone under this pavilion, and five hours later, people are still under this pavilion. And so then me and Lecrae and Jeremy took turns coming up and, like, playing a song acoustic, which, so at that point, yes, I changed my pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm also wondering, did you admit to, because in this I story, I God blessed you by canceling their show. Like, yes. were, did you take credit for that show being canceled? Like, hey, guys, it's because of me. You know, that's hard to say. God's will and man's responsibility, that's that's a mystery, right? That's I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been centuries of discussion about this. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I... To say, like, I'm sure you guys went, well, should I stop being a youth pastor? There's no kids to pastor anymore. And that's how I felt. I went, should I even do music anymore? There's no one to play for. And I sat in my office, and I got a couple months in, and then I realized that, oh, because I really I wondered, should I even do music anymore? But then during the quarantine... I couldn't not do music because I realized, oh, I write songs as self-therapy. I don't think I ever realized that. People go, thanks for writing that song. It meant so much to me. I go, I didn't write it for you. That was what I was dealing with. But I'm glad it blessed you. That's amazing. That's actually what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, right? He says, in your distress, the Holy Spirit comforts you. And then from that comfort, you comfort others. That's my song. That's how my songwriting's been. I've been, I've been writing life rafts to cling to in the middle of my sea, stormy seas. And then I cling to it, and I get through it. I go, oh, and then 
it goes out of the bay and then other people latch onto it. And like, that's such a beautiful, oh, it wasn't my strength and my awesomeness that God used. It was my struggle. When I was honest about my struggle, that's what God used to bless other people. Isn't that funny? How we always think as pastors and ministers, we have to project perfection when really what people are hungry for is vulnerability. And then they go, oh, you need Jesus too? Oh, maybe I do belong here at this church. Because I know I need Jesus, but you don't act like you need him. Well, I don't know if I've ever Sorry, I'm just... Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's so so powerful. It's such a great image um, of of kind of sending that back out, right? And, And that statement, I didn't do it for you that you did it for you, right? But they were blessed by it. And the reality is this is a room full of people that over the years have been blessed, encouraged, supported by you, and has made our jobs as youth pastors easier. Oh, that's kind. Right? You say. That's um, so so that's, a, that's just a fact. So the question that I have is how can we as youth leaders now turn around and support you and, and care for you? What, what, is, what is it uh, we can do for you? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think I really, I mean, obviously I'd love to be prayed for, but you guys have enough people that you're serving. You don't need to think about me. Um, I have people in my life who are, again, that four relationships, you know, and most of you guys aren't that relationship. So don't, don't take my burden on you. Bear, bear, fulfill the law of Christ, bear within each other's burdens. Who in, Maybe the best way you could bless me is just love the people in your life better. Wow. I'm our, like, I already get applauded for showing up to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys don't get applauded for showing up to work. Like, I always say that. Be like, how can, how can you, we pray for you? I was like, pray for my wife while I'm here. Because she's got a much harder job right now than I do. People are giving me my f- meals and applauding me for showing up. That's demented. Like, that's distorted. You know? We have to work to, I'll shut up. I tell young artists this all the time. I go, the biggest problem you're going to have showing up, and maybe you can encourage, because here's the deal. Most of you, you got a kid in your youth group who leads worship, and they might not have any, any experience with the Holy Spirit, but they're the one kid in the youth group who plays guitar. And now they're a spiritual leader. That is dangerous. That is so profoundly dangerous that they would fall in love with this applause instead of this applause. And I feel, I count myself so lucky that I was terrible at guitar for the first couple years I was learning because nobody put me on stage. And what happened, I would sit around this little circle at college with these friends and we would just worship God together. And I experienced the presence of God where it's still, it's still a fight, don't get me wrong, but I've tasted something better than your applause. So that when I get on stage, I'm not there for that. Like, I'm there for, no, I want that, man. And I want you to have that. And it's really important that we taste, that we take that as a command. It's actually a com- an imperative command. Taste and see the Lord is good. My, I would have counselors come up, they're like, how do you get the kids to get into it? Like, you guys came and, and the kids were into it, and they're not usually into it when we play. I go, how are you trying to get them into it? Well, we stand in the back, and we tell the kids, hey, pay attention. Hey, pay attention. Hey, you need to worship. You need to worship. I go, that's your problem. They need to see you tasting and seeing the Lord is good. That will get them into it. 
But if you're just worried about them being into it, like, that's not an example they want to follow. And remember that Jesus' disciples said, hey, will you teach us how to pray? Because they kept watching Jesus do this really weird thing where he'd, like, leave 6,000 people and go sit by himself on a mountainside. They said, whatever you're doing up there must be amazing. And so the question is, if our kids aren't desiring God, are we desiring God? You have to ask that question. And obviously, it's not always the same, like, but it's been my experience that taste and see is a command for a reason. Because it leaves them wanting what you have, right? Well, you said Sorry. one of the, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going off. I don't know. I hope in it some of this is Nobody, me. like, nobody is, like, bored. Like, nobody is, like, is this almost over? Like, that, it's so, it's so good. Yeah. Thank you. Can't thank you enough. We, we do want to pray for you. So I'm, I'm going to ask Johnny if he would just pray. Um, if you guys are comfortable, we just we ask if you just stick out your hand, and, uh, and it just gives us a chance to, uh, to pray tonight. All right, let's pray. God, I want to lift up my brother. Uh, Lord, you have chosen and equipped him, uh, yes, to be a musician, but to just be a really good dude. And we we see it. We see Jesus in the way he's speaking. We just thank you that in a world so full of, of just fool's gold and leaders falling left and right, that in a small sample size, we can see that this is a leader here who's following you. And just, God, thank you for his words challenging me uh, and driving me to want to taste and see more goodness of you, God. And we just pray that his whole career, his life, his marriage, Whatever, God, just continues to do that, no matter what position he finds himself in in a year, whether it's on a stage or working any other odd job. We just thank you, God, that no matter what, we can glorify you. And God, we're just humbled and amazed that you have that counter-conditional love for us. It's in your name. Amen. One more thing I want to say. I was just thinking about this. And then I really got to go because I got to play. <laughs> We're, you know, there are some real bummer things that have come out about some leaders, even involved with this festival, everywhere. And we're always tempted to look at examples gone wrong or people who look like they need Jesus. And we want to go, that's not cool. And it's not cool. If you, I mean, there's reasons that Paul uses words like you can be disqualified and all that, right? But I heard this great, my friend gave me this great analogy, and I just want to leave it with you. He said, let's say, let's say you go to a festival, a Beethoven festival, and there's orchestras playing Beethoven's pieces all day. And then at 6 o'clock, this orchestra gets up, and they they just screw it up. They're playing wrong notes. They are just making a slosh of Beethoven symphony. Would you then deduce that Beethoven was a terrible composer? No. So when people fall short, when they break our hearts, they do things that we go, no leader in Jesus should ever do, just remember that doesn't mean he's not a great composer. You know? It just means we all fall short, right? So... Love you guys. Thanks so much, man. I'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thank you.